Good evening, I'm Gail, grateful compulsive overeater and anorexic. Uh, the reason I qualify on both ends is uh, my top weight was about 360, and my lowest weight as an adult was about 109 pounds. And it's only by grace in this program that I'm abstinent and very close to a normal body weight. Uh, I'll give you some background. Uh, I came into this program uh, through the beverage program in 1983. It was in March. I don't remember the date, but I do remember the meeting like it was yesterday. I walked into a room of about 200 people. There was a stage. I was recommended to go um, from the woman who had taken me under her wing. And I went to a lot of AA meetings. And one evening, I came to a meeting and I had white sweatpants on. And she said, you know, <clears throat> at your weight, you really shouldn't be wearing white sweatpants. And I was sober. This was about four months into my sobriety, and I had felt so good that I didn't drink or use anymore. But uh, I didn't really, people said, oh, that's so sad, that's so bad, and I, I never looked at it as that. I just looked at it as she was trying to be helpful. And she said, have you ever heard of Overeaters Anonymous? And I said, no. And Lord knows I've heard about every diet and weight loss program there is. I don't think I've missed many over the years. And she said, well, it's exactly like AA, but it's for food. And I thought, oh, my God, I've never heard of this. And, you know, I was sober, and I'm like, yeah, tell me. So she told me about it, and um, the, I believe the first meeting, uh, in fact, I know, it was on a Friday night, and I went to this meeting, and there – People were talking my language. I found my tribe. They were talking about throwing food in the trash and getting it out, finishing packages of things, not just having one or two, finishing bags of things like I did, sometimes several bags, sometimes boxes of things. Uh, there was no stopping me. If I wanted something, I would get it, and it didn't matter how far or, you know, what it took, if it took my bill money, it didn't matter. I needed that food. And uh, when I walked in there and heard this and people saying they've lost 200 pounds and 300 pounds and they looked fabulous, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to have this. And I got a sponsor, and she was great. She knew Roseanne, the founder, and very gentle and very loving. And uh, she didn't push me, you know, and we didn't. She said, I'm a step and writing sponsor. And uh, she was about 40 years older than me. I was about 32 at the time. And she said, it's good to work it thorough. Don't do it fast. This is not a race. And she said, but do it thorough. And it took me about 14 months. And all of a sudden, I knew that I had to do a fourth step. I was just exploding. I did not want to carry around these secrets. So um, 
I think I look back at this and I think it took like six hours, seven hours to read my inventory and I was crying. I, I It's like this is almost 40 years ago. It was in 1983, yeah, 40 years, sitting in her living room and, you know, I disclosed every possible thing that I did that I was ashamed of and I was raised, you know, I was a product of the 60s. I was very uh, active sexually and didn't care much about myself when I was using drugs and alcohol and when I was starving myself. It was crazy. So I was very thorough. And she just sat there and nodded. She never judged me. She never said, and some of the things she said, well, I've done that. And some of the secrets I would have taken to my grave, I was so ashamed. And I I just said everything. I just told her everything that I could think of. And uh, I had about seven years of abstinence when I lost it because I am a retread. Um, just going a little back into my history, um, I was born in Los Angeles. Uh, my father worked hard. And my mother was a stay-at-home mother. I have a brother and a sister. And uh, I got the ism. My dad had the ism. My mom was an Al-Anon. And uh, there was, you know, my father worked hard. We got a beautiful home. We had horses. We lived, like, on a ranch. And on the outside, it just looked like Ozzy and Harriet. But if you came into my house, you would see broken furniture and people screaming and my dad shooting guns, pretending he killed himself. Um, very traumatizing as a child. And, you know, as I get older, I realize the um, – I probably would have been taken out of that home if the social services of today for what was going on. And uh, a lot of responsibility I took because it was so crazy. And I thought I had to keep everything organized. And if people didn't do what I thought, I, you know, I started eating. And it was the reverse when I was younger. Up until around the age of six, I really was very, very, very slender, supposedly sickly. Um, uh, didn't like many foods. But something turned around at age six, and I got really hungry, and I started to like food. Uh, I wasn't overweight. I would say when I graduated high school, I was about 148 pounds. I'm five foot eight, and uh, our family was very disjointed. I went through 12 years of Catholic school. My brother went through a few years. My sister didn't do any, or maybe a couple years. And so they went to public school. I went to Catholic school. And my parents divorced when I was 15. And it was just too much for me to bear to think to go to public school because I had all these friends at school. And I felt it was important and that I was getting a good education. So my mother told me she couldn't afford to pay for it. So <clears throat> I got a job and I paid for my education. Back then it wasn't so expensive. But, you know, I worked. And I went to school, and my grades suffered, and I barely graduated uh, 12th grade. And, uh, you know, I started drinking when I was 15, and, you know, I went on a million diets. My mother was anorexic, 
And out of the three children, she was very focused on my weight. And uh, if you're from the 50s, there was a drink called Metrical, and she used to feed that to me for dinner and feed everybody else a normal dinner. And uh, she was disgusted by weight. She thought it was obnoxious and sickening. And uh, out of all the kids, she never took me to a dentist. And when I asked her when I was older, she said, well, you didn't complain. And uh, I had severe teeth problems as an adult. And that was probably also due to my drugs and alcohol. And, uh, yeah, I was treated differently. And, uh, you know, I started drinking when my parents divorced and dieting, dieting, dieting. And moved out at 17 and just went on my way. I was in and out of jail like five times. Um, if I was in a relationship, I was thin. And if I wasn't, I was overweight. <laughs> I could diet like a banshee. You know, I could lose that weight. And uh, around the age of 27, one of my customers in Beverly Hills, I worked in Beverly Hills, he offered to pay for me to go on the protein-sparing fast diet. He said, um, I, he had ulterior motives. I, I think he was interested in me, and uh, he was married, but he paid for me to go on this diet, and anybody that will pay for a diet and that I can do, I'm all in. And being very uh, competitive, I went to it, and it was in Century City, and I would go in for a weigh-in, and uh, I lost all my weight within around four or five months. And what I realized is, as a child, I really didn't like to eat. And when this whole diet thing, it was protein-sparing fast, um, it just ignited it. And I spent about a year and a half to two years binging and starving. And I look back at it, and I was crazy. I mean, I would go for anywhere from... 15 to 40 days without eating anything, maybe longer, and then binging and then starving. And uh, I finally got down to 109 pounds, and I kept thinking if I could just lose another nine pounds. I was in a relationship, and uh, the gentleman that I was in a relationship with, uh, we lived together, and he told me that I had to move out because he just couldn't bear to look at me anymore. Uh, I looked basically like a, a concentration camp victim. I was hollow. I had no stomach. I had, I mean, I was obsessed with measurements and dieting and weighing myself and uh, just beyond. And uh, after I moved out, it was about a month, and I was out with somebody else, and they said something that really triggered me. And I had been thinking of suicide, and I wanted to take Drano, but I didn't have the um, strength to do it. But after I went out with this gentleman, I thought of what uh, this plant, and it's uh, got strychnine in it, and I took a lot of it and uh, went to work, and I started turning numb. 
And I ended up in uh, Cedar sinai and they told me that I had no muscle, I had no fat, zero fat. And I'm like, thank God, <laughs> you know, I got rid of that. And uh, they said, you're consuming your muscle. And I thought, well, that's probably where I can lose the next nine pounds, just get rid of some of this muscle. Uh, I was put on medication, and um, my family came to see me, and my dad, you know, he was sober at this time, and he just said, oh, you look really good. And I'm thinking, I just tried to commit suicide. How could I look good? I'm just, you know, just way out there. I still didn't get sober or nor abstinent. I had no idea of the program. And then in uh, December 16th, 1982, well, after all that, I got married because I figured that would, I found this man that I worked with and I really liked him and he made me laugh and just for all the wrong reasons did I marry, but we got married and uh, we eventually, after a year, we got separated and then divorced and uh, it had to be like three or four years later I called him and we stayed in touch and uh, what's wrong with me and he told me about the 12 steps and when I was 18 my dad tried to get me there's no hope and so I got sober then abstinent and uh, I'll tell you it was unbelievable the you know it's a spiritual inside job for me because I could always lose the weight I couldn't keep it off and I did what you told me what I heard in the rooms to go to meetings work with a sponsor do an inventory uh, all the above we didn't have the auction plan back then but it's a good a, a good tool and I did what you said but you know I lost the weight and I felt good and I did the best I could but I wasn't I wasn't changed on the inside, and I just kept thinking, well, now that I'm thin and now that I'm sober, I can get married, and that's my obsession, and I traded it, and I got married uh, about four and a half years into the program, and we separated. I was expecting a child, and the marriage was not good at all. I had no, no tools to know what was good for me. And so I had a beautiful son. He's 35 now. <laughs> and, um, you know, I gained my weight back over. I had my son. I stayed abstinent. I went to meetings. I did everything I was. And after I had him, I lost all my weight. And I didn't go to meetings. I didn't contact people. I stayed friends with my AA friends and I stayed sober, but I did not. I had so much guilt and shame. And when he was about 18 months old. Hi, Gail. You have five more minutes there. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. So, um, we got a divorce and I just started eating my meals before midnight and doing all these games. And I didn't have my binge foods for many years, but I'll tell you, you can eat regular food and still gain a lot of weight. Uh, like I said, I got up to 360 pounds. I was sober and I wanted to die <laughs> because when I drank, I didn't care what I ate. But when I was sober, it was 
I just kept thinking, I'm my son's raised, I'm going, I just, I can't bear it. And one day my brother called me and he, and I came back into these rooms. Of, uh, I'm coming up on 14 years of abstinence. I don't know. I got a sponsor. I worked with her. He's told me to go to a meeting, and it was on February 9th, 2009. I was 59 years old. I am 72. I will be 73. Uh, I wear a size 10 or 12. Not 10 or 12. I wear an 8 or a 10. And... Uh, you know, my perfect size is about a zero, and I have acceptance about my body. Uh, I, I worked with a sponsor, and all my sponsors have not been focused on the food. They've been focused on the inside and the spiritual uh, malady that we suffer from. And, uh, you know, I really didn't care how fast I lost the weight. I just had my meals and then went to meetings. I did 30 and 30 when I first got abstinent. And uh, I was so embarrassed to come back. But I just knew that nothing else worked for me. I know there's a lot of plans that people can go on. I can't diet anymore. I have so much peace and joy today. My life has gotten so much better, and the changes that have happened, I work on the inside. I worked with a sponsor for about 12 and a half, almost 13 years. The first one I had when I came back was about four months, and then I, uh, in between, my the sponsor that I had for a long period uh, had uh, esophageal cancer, and I got a temporary for quite a long period. And now I work with another sponsor, and it's the steps, it's the inside, it's being willing to look at myself, my part in it, and it's taken me, you know, I'm a slow learner, and I've made a lot of mistakes, but today I am so grateful for the blessings that I have. I, I can do self-care today. I look at things in a totally different perspective. I know people say, you know, if I just change the outside, I'll be okay. That's not good for me. I need to change the inside. And I liken it to tearing down a house, starting from the ground up, rebuilding the foundation, the walls, all that. And that's what I see as uh, my program today. When I came back, I w if I fell, I couldn't get up off the ground. I bent my knee on that day, February 9th, 2009, or 2010, the next day, and I said, please, just for today, I said the serenity prayer. It's grown into 20 minutes of prayer and meditation in the morning and reading literature, going to meetings, doing service, um, working with a sponsor, doing inventories, 10 steps and taking responsibility for my actions. And for me, um, I am ever, ever so grateful. Uh, it may not work for everyone. It works for me. Um, my brother passed away during this abstinence. My mother passed away last year. I have family issues going on. And I don't have to eat over it. 
and I pray and ask for guidance. I did some writing earlier today, and I was looking at a relationship that I have with a friend, and, uh, you know, I have to take my responsibility, and what came up was uh, my will, you know, my will. And it's amazing when my father used to say, you always do what you want. And I would look at him and say, yeah, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I do what I want? Why would I do what somebody else wants? And I, I, I get it today. You know, my will or higher power or God's will. Um, also, I didn't have a great relationship with a higher power or a God when I came in in 1982. And um, I had more of a religious relationship. Today, I have a very, very um, tender and gentle God that guides me. And that is, you know, the peace and the serenity I have. And that was something I wanted when I came back to OA. Because the weight can come off. But living inside of my body and inside of my head uh, today is, like I say, I don't think I could have it any better. And nothing's very Gentle perfect. reminder. Thank you very much. And I thank... Uh, Cheryl for asking me to share my experience, strength, and hope, and I can't wait to hear from uh, the participants at this meeting. I was asked to um, pick a topic, and I would like to pick like our 10th step and what it brings for you, and uh, my phone number, I do sponsor and I take outreach calls. I am busy because I'm back in school and I work uh, a part-time job and two part-time jobs, but I always have time for program. I make it a priority. And my phone number is 818-679-4336. Again, 818-679-4336.